Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today, or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to the new Jesus. Um, here's our uh, template backdrop for this week, um, and our new postulate, but I want to do something a little different this week. Before I read the postulate for this week, I want to read the postulate for last week again. That's where I want to, that's the jumping off point for this week, all right? So here it is. The postulate for last week was kind of a definition I came up with for love. And boy, even when I say that, that sounds really dangerous to me. Me coming up with a definition for love. So this is one of those times where you have every right to disagree with me, all right? Um, and, and maybe I shouldn't have done this. I don't know. But anyway... Here's what I came up with. Not that it's um, necessarily what God would agree with. I hope so. But anyway, so definition of love or a definition of love. Not necessarily the definition, a definition. See how it resonates with you. Love is a commitment to an intention for good to all concerned and the accompanying action for the best interest of those concerned regardless of a positive or negative outcome for me. Read it one more time straight through. It, love is the... A definition of love is a commitment to an intention for good to everyone concerned in whatever that thing is that's going on, that you're making the commitment to. Commitment to an intention for good to all concerned and the accompanying action that matches that intention for good for everyone's best interest, regardless of a positive or negative outcome for myself. All right. That's the jumping off point. 
So here we come this week, and here's the postulate for this week. Last week was a definition of love. I'm calling this a secret to love, and I should change this word from the to a. So in your mind, change that from the to a, because I may be wrong about this too. A secret to love that 9 out of 10 people aren't doing. Are you one of them? So when you hear that, what do you think? What do you feel? Wait a minute. There's a secret to love that 9 out of 10 people don't know about, or even if they do know about it, they're not living that way. Am I one of those 9 out of 10? I mean... I, I, I'm thinking back to me, back in my 20s when Hope kicked me out of the house, said I can't stand to live with you another day. I would not have been the one in 10, okay, that really chose and acted on love. I would have been the 9 in 10 who, even if I knew what the right definition was, I was not doing it, okay? And I know I wasn't doing it. Now, here's an interesting thing. If you had come to me 34 years ago when those early years of our marriage when Hope kicked me out of the house, if you'd come to me then and said, hey, there's a secret to love that 9 out of 10 people aren't doing, I bet you're one of the 9 and 10. You told me that you bet I was one of the 9 and 10. I guarantee you, I would have argued all day long. I would have sworn. I, pro I might have even put my hand on a Bible and said, man, you're crazy. Love is the most important thing in my life. I'm the 1 in 10, not the 9 in 10. Love is everything to me. I teach love. I'm... And even though I wouldn't have been lying because I actually believed that in my 20s, I absolutely would have been wrong. And I would have been in the 9 and 10, not the 1 in 10 at that time. And at that time in my life, on a minus 10 to plus 10 scale, my life was at about a minus 7. Physically, mentally, spiritually, I was doing bad in everything. And my life was sliding into the ditch in every area, okay? Once I kind of found that secret to love, committed to it, and started living it, today, when I take that same test that's on the minus 10 to plus 10 scale, I'm at a plus... 8, plus 7, plus 9, depends on the day, but I really never get below like a plus 6, even if something bad happens. It's, it's really, I feel like a completely different person. So, today, are you where I was? Are you one of the 9 and 10? There's a secret to love, but you aren't doing it. Is that, are you in that 9 and 10? Or are you the 1 in 10? that does know the key and is doing it. I hope that's what you'll find out in about the next 20 minutes. So, there is a secret to love that in my experience, nine out of 10 people aren't doing. The key is, all right, we'll get to what the secret is in just a minute. Let's do a quick review first. This is last week. The key to anger 
is expectation, comparison, pain, pleasure, a worldview that's all about me, and I'll tend to have sleep problems. Unless I am not a follower of Jesus, I am not in a state of grace, I am choosing evil and selfishness, what we found in that case is that you don't sleep good unless you do something evil today. Because that's the nature you're choosing. We have both the fear nature and evil nature in our heart. That's, uh, I believe, Genesis 4 or 6. Uh, man is inclined toward evil in his heart from his youth. Okay? Um, so, if you have sleep issues good chance you're either an evil person and you didn't do your evil today or you're in a state of grace, a good person, but you did something negative today and that's why you don't sleep. Okay? So if you're in the state of grace and sin and go to bed angry, you'll tend to not sleep. If you are choosing evil and selfishness, then you'll still tend to not sleep if you don't do your evil thing for the day, okay? And I've got to believe you're not going to sleep in any scenario as well here as you do here. Living in patience, focusing on the present, giving up the end result, and no matter whether it's pain or pleasure that you get from the result, okay? And we also talked about how the negative thoughts, emotions, and feelings punch our anger button whenever they happen. When, if we're just closing our eyes and remembering something, if something's happening in our life, we're out here doing something with people, or we're imagining in any of those, negative thoughts, emotions, feelings create, punch the anger button. Okay, and then you're not going to be able to sleep until you resolve that or do your best to resolve it, at least as far as your part is concerned. Okay, all anger is about wrong goals and stress. Patience is the key that unlocks the wrong goals so that the stress can go away. All right, so um, that's the review. So now, let me tell you, uh, let's go back, I'm sorry, let's go back to the postulate really quick in case you've forgotten it. A, a secret to love that 9 out of 10 people aren't doing, the key is, and now I unveil, the key is submission. Bet you weren't expecting that one. We talked about the definition of love last week, and I reread it just a minute ago. Um, commitment to an intention for good to all concerned, and the accompanying action for that for everyone's, everyone involves best interest, regardless of a positive or negative outcome for myself. How do you do it, though? How do you do that? Because we're so keyed to a positive or negative outcome for ourselves, right? I mean, we're we're probably okay with almost anything as long as I'm getting what I want. But once I'm not getting what I want, how in the world do I continue to choose 
love, which means I'm okay regardless of pain or pleasure for me. How, how do I do that? You have to submit. Ephesians 5.21. Um, I ought to just read the whole chapter. But that's, that's the chapter that talks about wives submit to your husbands um, as to the Lord. Um, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So that's the kind of control, if you want to think of it that way, the husband is supposed to have in the family. It's not, hey, I'm the one in charge. This is what we're doing. No, it's, it's, it's 180 degrees different from that. It's submitting to my wife, submitting to my two boys. Okay, what does the word submission mean? The word submission means to accept or choose the will or desires of another over your own. Okay? To accept or choose the desires of another over your own desires. Okay? That's the definition of submit. Okay? So, guys, in the home, the way we're supposed to be the head of the home is basically by being willing to absorb more pain than anyone else. Okay? We're supposed to submit as the way Christ submitted himself to the church, which was death. He submitted himself all the way to death for you, for me, for the church, and we are told to submit that end result that we want, painful or pleasurable, to God and to each other. Submit one to another. Okay? So, I would suggest to you today, that is how you do it. That is how you choose love instead of fear, by submission. Uh, that's Ephesians 5.21. Here's the cascade. Something happens that hurts. It can be something out here. It could be something in here we're just thinking about or remembering. It punches our anger button. Every negative does. All right? Which means anger means we've got a wrong goal. So now, because that hurt and it made me angry, I now have unforgiveness either toward myself God or someone else if I let if I don't immediately quash that anger and give it up okay if I don't it takes me to unforgiveness and boy if I'm in unforgiveness I'm in danger why forgive as I have forgiven you And you will be forgiven to the degree that you have forgiven. Alright? So if you don't forgive, it says God's not going to forgive you. Alright? So something hurt you. It made you angry. Now you're in unforgiveness where before you weren't. 
and you start choosing love substitutes, addictions, habits like we talked about two or three weeks ago, and you end up in the vicious cycle on the low road wondering how come I can't get up here in my life and how did I get here? Okay, that's what I hear so much when people come to me. You must give up and heal the anger. Um, I had a client one time, uh, very interesting client. I've never had another one like her. And she said, uh, she called me, had been told about me from a friend, said, I'd like to work with you, but I need this to be clear. I don't, I'm not here to work on me. The problem isn't me. The problem is my daughter. I am here for, for you to work on my daughter because my daughter is the problem. I'm not the problem. I don't want to work on me. She's the problem. I mean, she just kept saying that stuff over and over and over and over. And, I, and, and so finally, I stopped her and said, I think I understand what you're saying. I'll be delighted to work with you if we work on you and not your daughter. But that's the only way. I didn't do that to be mean. I did that because my commitment to my client is to do what's going to work, to shoot straight with them, tell them the truth, to love them, pray for them. I mean, if I'm not going to do that, I don't need to be working with them in the first place. Okay, so we started working on her issues with her daughter, and they had not spoken at all for 10 years. Some, you know, one of these family things that blew up. I don't even remember what it was now. So anyway, uh, we've been working together a few months, and it's been getting gradually better. You know, her feelings of unforgiveness and anger toward her daughter, etc. And by the way, she was miserable all the time, as best I could tell. But it was getting better, okay? And then one day, I got a call from her, and she said, Hey, Dr. Alex, you'll never believe what happened today. And I already had an inkling, because I'd had this happen before. But I said, what? And her voice sounded very different, okay? And she said, I was doing my uh, healing code today, and... Um, the doorbell rang. So I went to the doorbell, opened the door, and she said, the healing code that I had just done had finally gotten me to a place where my anger toward my daughter was gone and I was able to forgive her. Okay? For the first time. And this was months of us working together trying to get to that place. So she's doing the code this morning, gets the last little bit of the way there, and the doorbell rings. She goes, opens it. It's her daughter with her hands like this, weeping, saying, Mom, I love you. I'm so sorry. Um, how beautiful is that? What is that worth? Yeah, that, that one thing might have been worth my whole professional life trying to help people, okay? Just that one. If I'd never had any other one but that one, it might have been worth it all. But, it, but, but they're not the only one. There's hundreds and thousands in, in these situations that 
need to get to that place and have their anger and unforgiveness relieved and get out of living love substitutes, habits, and addictions. I will be forgiven as I forgive scripturally. And to do that, I've got to give up or heal the anger from the hurt. Okay? Um, I don't necessarily have to forgive the action. I need to separate the action from the person. The person is not their action. Okay? Now, if you believe that, then let me ask you this. Have you ever told a lie in your life? If so, would you consider putting a label on your forehead that says liar? No? Why not? You've lied. Okay? We've got to get out of the judgment business. All of us. Judgment is for God and small children. As you judge, you will be judged. Much like the forgiveness. As you forgive, you will be forgiven. And forgiveness and judgment go hand in hand. You have to judge in order to, to have unforgiveness towards someone. Or God or yourself. You have to judge. There's no other way you can get to unforgiveness. So if you're at unforgiveness, you've got a wrong judgment that comes from anger, that comes from hurt. And you've got to heal that anger or give it up to God and let him heal it or do some of the manual stuff we've been talking about. When that happens, the anger goes away. You're able to forgive. You're able to not do love substitutes and addictions. You're no longer in danger. You're in a state of grace. Changes everything. Everything. Okay. Um... When we're growing up, we want adventure and excitement. When we get to adulthood, we want control. Isn't that interesting? Now, we may want adventure and excitement too, but the most important thing is control. I need so much money, so much, uh, a certain kind of house, a certain car, certain friends, certain clothes, certain, okay? All right? Children don't care about any of that stuff. I mean, I mean, not when they're real little. I mean, you know, we get to 10, 11, 12, start caring how we look because it affects how others treat us. But before that, when we're really young, two, three, four, we don't care how we look, and, and we're totally fine for someone else to be in control. Okay? We just want to have fun, as the song goes. Girls just want to have fun. Well, we all do when we're that age, and we're supposed to, and be learning. Matthew 18, 3, unless you become again as a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because you have to give up control to God. Your will be done. Not my will, but your will your will be done, just as Jesus did the night before his death. Control is focused on the past and the future uh, in fear. Trust is in the present in love. That's also where submission is. Patience instead of anger that we talked about last week. Okay? Um, one sure way to know you're in trouble 
is when others' perception and opinion about you is more important than the truth and winning is more important than love. You get to a place where how others see you is more important than the truth and winning or being successful at something you're working on, some end result, is more important than love. You're in trouble, boy. You have, you, you've crossed the line for you and you're in trouble. You're in danger. So what's your line to not cross? What is your point of no return? We've talked about how um, the Second uh, Corinthians, or, or was it First Corinthians? Second Corinthians 4.10 and the Oswald Chambers. When you hit pain and hardship, you have to immediately turn and give it to the Lord. You can't wait. You can't argue or it'll grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay? And if you wait a period of time, and this is probably a month or six weeks ago, I was talking about that, about how I came out of my house one day when I was four, five, six years old, didn't have anything to do, was fine, was happy, it was a nice day, I think it was a summer day, and then all of a sudden I started thinking about candy bars, and I wanted a candy bar even though I didn't have enough money, and that... I kept walking toward the 5 and 10, and I don't know that I even knew what I was doing, that, that I was going toward the 5 and 10 to get that candy bar, even though I didn't have any money, okay? I, I'm not sure if I realized what I was doing or that was unconscious, but while I was thinking about the candy bar, I just kept walking, and I know the exact spot in that town where I crossed the line. And now, that candy bar had control of me, not me having control of the candy bar. And I walked straight to the 5 and 10, stole the candy bar, felt horrible, ate it in like 10 seconds, and then felt horribly guilty for days. I mean, it was horrible, okay? But there was a certain amount of time me thinking about that candy bar and whether to steal it or not. There was a time before I got to that line when I, I could have, I could have turned and escaped and not stolen the candy bar. But once enough time went by, and my guess for me on that was about five minutes or so. Once I had thought about that candy bar, imagined tasting it, remembered tasting it, how good it was going to be in 10 minutes when I had it in my mouth. I got to a place where I literally, I know fight or flight was on because I started sweating like crazy. I was flushed. I was even a little jittery, okay, when I went into that 5 and 10. But even though I was, I went ahead and stole it. I had crossed the line and I couldn't turn back. How long is it that you think about something until you get to the point of no return. You need to start being aware of that line and staying away from it, okay? Changing the channel, like we've talked about before. Uh, that 15 minutes and those seven things you do during that 15 minutes to change the channel, 
so that you go from anger to patience, so that you go from control to trust in God and giving it up to Him. All right, what I want and what I don't want doesn't really matter a whole lot. Now, I'm not talking about do you want chicken or beef. That one probably doesn't matter. But when it comes to being in danger spiritually, being forgiven or unforgiven, okay, what I want or don't want really doesn't matter. It's, Father, not my will, but yours be done. That's the only right place, okay? And sometimes I believe God, uh, God's will is what I want. And sometimes maybe he intentionally wants for me something he knows I want and he wants to bless me. And he does. And I feel like I've been blessed like that all my life. Okay? But I can't have that and be determined to get what I want when I want. It doesn't work that way. When I do that, I'm over here living in the hurt, anger, unforgiveness, danger, love substitutes, habits, and addictions. Okay. So... We make it our goal, scripturally, to please Him. Him. Your will be done. Almost to the point that I am just an observer of my own life. Because I've given control to God. So yeah, that hurts and I feel it. That feels good and I like it. All right, what's next, Father? And you know what? I don't know of a more adventurous and exciting way to live than that. Father, your will be done. My experience is I never know what's going to happen. And things surprise the heck out of me all the time. And it is exciting and it does feel like an adventure. And what I thought was going to be so painful, giving up what I want when I want, has been just the opposite in my life. It's finally given me what I've always wanted most, which is love internally and love with other people and love relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Um... And if I will do that, your will be done. Give up control in trust, the present in love. Then I am guaranteed to receive grace and my best results. And it's maybe the only way in this life that I can have. My best results guaranteed physically, mentally, spiritually. Now, that's going to be different for every person. And it may not be what I thought I would want a year ago when I was thinking about, I wonder where I'll be a year from now, okay? But I'll tell you this, and I've been doing this with clients for way over 20 years. No matter what you think you want, 
and how great it's going to be when you get here your will be done I make it my goal to please you in the present moment whatever that is regardless of pain or pleasure for me the outcome I want the outcome I don't want all right doesn't matter your will be done okay if you ever get to that place here even though you may think you know what a year ago I would never have thought this was that great but today a year later being here being in grace and my best results guaranteed trusting God giving him control giving up the anger letting it heal and giving up the unforgiveness to God to forgive as I'm forgive to not judge once you get there you will say and feel and think this wasn't what I imagined wanting but I know it is perfect it is just right for me and then the last piece I typically hear from my client once they get here is this I will never go back back to what back to this back to what I want when I want back to hanging on to my hurt anger and unforgiveness living in the cascade daily doing my addictions or negative habits that are love substitutes submitting to what others want rather than myself to what God wants rather than myself to what love and truth would dictate rather than fear and falsehood you will never go back it is beyond words beyond description and that is what I want for you but I'm late to the party because God wanted it first not just thousands of years ago but before the foundations of the world when he foreknew you when he saved you when Jesus died for you all before you were ever even born so uh, won't you join me here won't you join me stay tethered the radio control thing we gotta stay tethered to God choose that I choose for, for faith to tether to home plate and God I want to give up my anger I want it to be healed I want to give up my hurt I want to give up my unforgiveness I want to give up my love substitutes and negative habits I want to trust you father and other people and if I get hurt I get hurt if something great happens woohoo but I'm going over here toward the plus 10 no more toward the minus 10. 
So, definition of love, last week, um, I, I want what's best for everyone, regardless of whether it means pain or pleasure for me. Okay? This week, how do you do that? The secret is submission. Submit yourself one to another. Love your wife and others as Christ loved the church to the point of dying for, for the church. Us being willing to die, literally and figuratively, for another person in love. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the high road. That's here. And you will never go back. I promise. So, so what's the rub on the submission thing? What's the big deal about submission? We don't want to submit. We want to dominate. We want to control. Alright? The idea of submitting? Man, that's a negative word. It's not a negative word in Scripture. It's one of the most positive words there is. Submit to the Lord. Your will be done. And all those promises that we've been talking about for months and the outcome guarantee apply to you. If you choose love and submit rather than demand independence, and control. I hope that resonates with you. Um, please give us your feedback. Please share these thoughts if, if they resonate with you. And have a wonderful, blessed day.